Welcome back to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920, The Answer. Are you planning to buy a home that's going to be in a homeowners association or a property owners association? If so, what questions should you ask to make sure you are in the know about everything HOA-wise before you go to closing and not after? We've got Michael Crew of Homeowner Management Services, who will be on with us a little later in the segment. If you want to connect with us, it's easy. Don't forget, just go to gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. You can ask questions, make comments, push back if you hear something you don't agree with, share ideas, even ask for your neighborhood to be featured in our neighborhood spotlight. You can also subscribe to our podcast. We're very excited. Our podcast audience continues to grow and grow. I think we had six or 700 listeners in the last week, and that's not just in Atlanta. It's all over the place. And so we would love for you to be a podcast subscriber as well. We have the podcast available on every major platform. Segment two of the Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio Show right here on AM 920. The answer is brought to you by the law firm of O'Kelly & Sorahan. They are a full-service law firm with 21 offices throughout Metro Atlanta. They specialize in residential real estate closings, including home purchases, refinance closings, corporate relocation, and real estate contract review and title insurance matters. They can be reached by calling 770-497-0000. Without further ado, let's bring Michael Crew with Homeowner Management Services on with us. Hello, Michael. Hello, Cleve. How are you doing today? Man, I am great. And listen, for those who are listening, poor Michael has been suffering from some kidney stones. I hate to talk about your medical business, but you are a trooper and you are still on the show with us today. If that doesn't show someone who is uh, committed and dedicated, I don't know what does. Well, they give you enough drugs, you can do anything. Good. So, in other words, are you under the influence while we're doing this segment? So, uh, you, you can't I be might held... be. <laughs> you can't I'm be. I'm not sure. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, this is... Your, uh, your listeners can tell us about that. Would this be called a an RUI, radio under the influence? It <laughs> you, could be. You could get, a, get an RUI. So, the question is, if someone is planning to buy a home in an HOA or a POA, and maybe you could start with the difference in an HOA and a POA, because most people don't know... What questions should you be asking as a potential buyer so that you're fully in the know before closing so you don't get any surprises after closing and don't learn anything after closing you should have learned before? Okay, well, let's start with the basics. Okay. There are three kinds of community associations in the state of Georgia. Okay. There are condominium associations, COA. Right. There are property owners associations, POA, and there are plain old homeowners associations, which are called HOAs. Okay. Long time, all homeowners associations were called HOAs. Right. But the state enacted a law okay. a while back that created the Property Owners Association Act, which paralleled the Condominium Act. Okay. So a lot of communities now are subject to that law, although not all are. So it is important that you understand whether your community is a POA or a plain old HOA. When was the P, when was the POA law passed in the state of Georgia? Oh wow, I'm going to say 98 maybe. And so it, is it true? It's been around a long time. Is it true, Michael, that if you are in a property owners association that state law says it is it is assumed that you owe something to the HOA? Uh, but if you're in, uh, you mean, in other words, they sort of have a statutory lien on the property uh, that if someone's from an HOA that's 1970s or 80s, there may or may not have any ability to lien the property or collect money or anything like that. What is the difference in the two? And I'm sorry, I know this is not the purpose of the, the segment, and we'll jump back into it in a minute, but I think Good it's question. such an interesting concept. 
It's a good question. So uh, almost all covenants, almost all covenants, okay. 90, 98% or more, have some obligation for the membership to pay for the operations of the association. Right. Makes sense. Uh, uh, and uh, there, there are a few that, that were created that didn't have community facilities, uh, and so they were, quote, voluntary. Right. And their association was just about restrictive covenants, but everybody who has any facilities has some obligation to pay. Right. Uh, and so the difference between the plain old HOA and a POA is the POA creates a statutory lien okay. as soon as the amount is due. Oh. And an HOA must actually have a lawyer or someone that's qualified file a lien for delinquent amounts at the county courthouse. So long and short is if it was created after 1998, it's easier for them to collect money that's owed to them uh, than yeah. if they were before. I mean, it takes a little more effort uh, if they it, were created it, before. Yes, okay. if they're subject to the POA. In the original incarnation of the POA, associations were not automatically included. Okay. Uh, and so they had to opt in. Got it. Now you find many, many, many associations have opted in. Got it. Let's switch gears. We've got about seven minutes left. And if you just joined us, you're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio on AM 920 The Answer. I'm Cleve Gaddis, host of the show, and I'm joined on the line by Michael Crew of Homeowner Management Services. They provide homeowner association management services all throughout Metro Atlanta, I believe. Michael, what are the questions that a buyer should be asking if they're planning to buy a home in a neighborhood with an HOA or a POA? Or a condominium association. Or con that's true, condominiums too. Yep. Well, I I think one thing that everybody should understand, okay. but somehow it gets overlooked, is if you're buying in a in a community association, there are going to be some covenants. That's correct. Conditions and restrictions, and those covenants are going to govern some of your behaviors, whether you like it or not. When you buy the property you voluntarily submit to play by those rules. Right. And so that's one thing. You should understand what's in the covenants in case there's some specific covenant that does not fit your lifestyle. And for a buyer out there who has had an agent say, I'm going to get you the CCNRs or the CCRs, it, that's what they mean. They mean covenants, conditions, and restrictions. So that's exactly what Michael is uh, talking about. Okay, so that's number one. Uh, is the property subject to covenants? And if the answer is yes, what are those covenants? What are the restrictions that would be placed on your ability to freely use the property? Right, because you're giving up some of your rights to freely use it. That's right. So I would say the second most important thing to avoid future surprises okay. is to understand the financial condition of mm -hmm. the association you're moving into. And do they have any large financial obligations? And I can give you a couple of examples. Uh, if you buy into a community that has a large detention pond yes. or a lake, yes. there's going to be some significant maintenance responsibilities. and. I've seen numerous cases where those numbers reach up well past a million dollars. Well, and there was a subdivision in the Johns Creek area that had um, uh, silt flowing into their ponds from two different construction projects. I think we're both were government construction projects, and I think they spent four or five hundred thousand dredging those lakes and cleaning Absolutely. them out because they were just getting smaller and smaller, and they didn't have any ability to hold any water uh, as they filled up with dirt. I've been involved in several projects that were Jeez. between two hundred and five hundred thousand. Okay, okay, so that's a good one. So uh, any uh, expenses that are planned for the future that might not they might not have well, the funding for is really what you're looking at. Every community should have a plan for future reserve okay. expenses, money they're going to have to spend on 
the facilities to maintain and repair them. Right. Uh, and they should be setting aside money for that. Uh, the problem comes up with in two fronts. One, community is just not doing it, which right. is a terrible, terrible operating problem. Mm -hmm. And the second one is they get surprised by a letter from the county that says, you need to remove three feet of silt from your detention pond. And that's where the $300,000 dredging bill comes in that they have set no money aside for. It's amazing. And, and that gets passed back to the homeowners equally. Exactly. They would do a special assessment and say, okay, everybody's got to contribute 500 or 700 or something. If you joined us, just joined us, you're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920 The Answer. I'm Cleve Gaddis, your host. I'm joined on the line by Michael Crew of Homeowner Management Services. Michael, if uh, if someone wants to reach out to you, how would they how would they connect with you if they have an HOA question or POA or condo association or maybe they're even looking to, to, to change or upgrade their their HOA management company, how would they reach you? Well, the, the easiest thing to do is to send an email directly to me. And my email address is mike at hms-inc.net. They can go to the HMS website. Okay. There's a couple of contact us buttons. And if they pick the one for generic questions, uh, it'll get forwarded to my staff. And if they say in their question, they want me to answer it then I'll wind up doing that for them. Perfect. Well, reach out. Let's. We've got about two and a half uh, minutes left in the segment, and let's go back to what are some other questions that, that people who are looking to buy a home in an HOA, POA, or condo association should be asking. Number one, is it subject to covenants, conditions, and restrictions? Number two, are there any future expenses that should have be, been being reserved for or money should have been paid every single year uh, where that didn't take place? And I would imagine that that can be fairly common because in some places the board members wouldn't know what they need to do. Starting about uh, 1990, most counties began requiring builders to build stormwater facilities on the property. Right. And that's where these big dredging, lake dredging, retention pond obligations come from. So, yeah, Cleve, virtually every neighborhood has a future detention pond. Has problem. something. In some places, the uh, retention or detention ponds are actually on private property. They're on the property of an individual homeowner. And sometimes the responsibility to maintain them can fall on that homeowner. So that's a, a if you have a, a property and it has a retention or a detention pond, don't just assume that it's the county or the city or the HOA's responsibility. <laughs> There's a large horror story uh, in, uh, I think that community is in Alpharetta, yep. where 17 homeowners are going to be assessed their equal share of $2 million. Whoa. That was just this summer. That so is amazing. homeowners got a really ugly surprise. That is amazing. The joys of living on a lake. Yeah, I know. We've got about a minute left in the segment. Give us, a, let's, I think we've probably got time to talk about one more thing that a person going to buy in an HOA or POA should be aware of. I think one thing that every purchaser and seller should be aware of is there are going to be some costs at the closing table. Right. Those costs stem from the mortgage lender requiring documentation from the homeowners association. And most homeowner associations provide that documentation through their management company. Right. So you, you as a buyer or a seller, you should look into what those fees are going to be uh, and 
determine what the share is going to be between the buyer and the seller. Love it. So if you're a seller, reach out, ask them what it costs to get an HOA payoff letter. Let's just call it that. And then on the buyer side, you should do the same thing. Michael, thank you very much for being a guest as usual. We hope to have you back on in the next couple of weeks. If you're buying a home and you're overwhelmed by the home inspection report or the list of repairs, uh, you want to stay tuned. If you're looking for the best areas and types of investment properties to consider, we'll discuss that as well. Don't worry. We're going to take a break, but we will be back.